Hey folks, this is Bailey from Dankless Wargaming. Hey, this is Heath with Team Tab War Hawaii. And welcome to the Path to Redemption, the Warhammer 40,000 Dark Angels podcast, where our aim is to provide Dark Angels players with the tactical and hobby skills that they need in order to enjoy this wonderful hobby of ours. Now, unfortunately, in this month's episode, uh, Heath and I are recording during the week because we both have a very packed con schedule, which is very exciting for the both of us and will provide yep. some interesting uh, content going forward. Uh, but this also means that our normal Sunday night recording is impossible if we were going to get something in, in March. So we're going to have to do our best to be brief tonight because it is very late for me and he's had a very long day as well. I'm just going to hold you right there. Scroll that and know if it's important. The lion's back, y'all. Yeah. He's back. Exactly. I'm going to say you're going to have to bleep this. Y'all done fucked around. It's time to find out. <laughs> the lion is here. The lion is here to wreck your house. Oh, there it is. There it is. Mm. The lion is no longer sleeping. We got to rewrite that song. We got to go get mm. those guys <laughs> and uh, have them rewrite it because it is yep. not happening. It is time, y'all. It, it's it's going down. All right. So, so we do have some new releases. So and, also the lion. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> this is going to be the thing. Like every I'm going to stop talking. And at the end of time I stop talking, he's just going to say the lion. That's that's I that's genuinely. I genuinely squeed a little bit when they did the reveal on the stream. <laughs> I made a squee noise. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. It was <laughs> awesome, but staying up to watch that preview is one of the main reasons why I played terrible round one at Adepticon singles. You were really at tired. Adepticon. Why didn't you just go to the live one? We were not able to get tickets. Uh, all the, all the tickets were sold mm. out and I was ah. staying 30 minutes away from the convention center. So Ooh. I, so I picked okay. up my badge, drove back to my Airbnb, which was really nice. It was like an Irish bar in somebody's basement with like a pool awesome. table and all that kind of stuff. Well, that didn't sound uh, bad. But, and I was watching it on my phone, but yeah, I, I made some dumb, silly mistakes the next day. But that's all right. That leads us to what we'll be talking about in MetaWatch. That'll come after the new releases where we will talk about some of the top winning lists. I will briefly go over what I saw in my local meta. Um, looking at the two big events I went to, multi-day events I went to uh, for the first time. Uh, in the main segment, as Heath's pointed out, there's only two things from the Adepticon Studio Preview worth talking about. One of them is what, Heath? It's the Lion, baby. And 10th Big Daddy, edition. Big Daddy Lion. 10th edition, which will be coming around at the end of the Arcs of Omen season uh, later on yeah. this year. Uh, and then we'll finally, we will compare our hobby challenges for the month and then check in on our community comments. So new releases... Uh, we've got the Dark Angels Forge World Resin Contemptor body for $39 coming out this month. Mm -hmm. So if you got those new plastic bits and you want to attach them to a resin body and not pay that crazy big price that there is for the uh, Contemptor. I mean, what you got one of those recently, Heath, didn't you? What did you fork up for that, if you don't mind? Why you got to put me on the spot? Um, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let me go look. So, all right, while he's looking that up, we have the Typhoon Siege Tank for 115 Legion heads, there's two different packs of heads, that resin heads that go on your Marines that are unhelmeted, $25 each. And then, of course, the big release for 40k is the Wrath of the Soul Forge King that comes with the new Primaris Azrael model, and that it comes in at 210 What do we find out, Heath? So, the Forge World Dark Angels Legion Contemptor. Uh, this was purchased in person at the Warhammer Citadel in Grapevine, Texas, uh, which is about 15 minutes from where my family lives. So I was there over Christmas. $65 US. 
That's just the body. Nice. That's no weapon arms. Okay. So it's not cheap, but it's cool. Well, Heath, so I also feel like you've uh, given us a little bit of a preview as to your hobby challenge for the month because I kind of remember something being said about not that a particular. <laughs> so bad, <laughs> so bad. Oh no, I no. All it right. was um, yeah, I did I did poorly. I have I did not. Yeah, um, I, right. I have a bunch of I have a bunch of things to say about that, but they're all excuses. None of them are reasons. So that's all right. Yeah. Well, well, there's always next month, eh? Mm-hmm. There is. All right, so we're going to the Meta Watch. So we are. We have a lot. Uh, we have okay. a roll call of honor for all the people we unfortunately are not going to have time to talk about today. But we will shout you out. Let's just let's just frame this real quick. Yep. Our show notes are usually eight to ten pages long. Maybe yep. half of which is a couple of lists because the battle scribe formatting. Our show notes are twenty eight pages long, and twenty four yep. of those are are honorable mention like yeah. dark angel lists. So we're not going to be able to talk about all of them. We will do our best to say your name, but we'll try and yeah. call out some of the highlights and the patterns from this, uh, this, yeah, the, the, the first Legion is clearly motivated because they got to show put on a good show because their daddy's back. Well, and also at the same time too, something to think about is uh, they had already previously mentioned in a work, Warhammer community article that after Adepticon they were going to do a balanced data slate so a lot of these lists because of how similar they are and how good they've been will probably not matter going forward once that data slate drops yeah so as of um you know 4 p.m hawaiian standard time march 28th no balance adjustment has dropped yeah that may change tomorrow it is they've done in the past so they released something big right after we released if that's the case we will try and do an emergency patch and tacked it onto the then do this episode but that being said uh you ready to move on let's just start talking yep. about them lists so okay, um so first thing so i'm going to call out mr stephen crawley from the frontline gaming cherokee open in beautiful cherokee north carolina a 257 player nine round super major uh put on by the granddaddy organization the og uh stephen crawley took his death wing list and took first place, took it down, took the whole thing. Uh, so because it's a super major, we'll just give you the rundown. So here we go. Uh, Asriel, Warlord. Ezekiel, Mindworm, Righteous Repugnance, Engulfing Fear. A Chaplain with a Jump Pack, uh, Exhortation of Rage, Canicle of Hate, and a Thunder Hammer. Ooh, uh, ooh, and then ooh, he's ooh. also the Master of Sanctity, so we can cast two Litanies. He's not a wise order, though. According to this. Okay. So, yeah, there you go. And then he has a Talonmaster as his fourth Arcs of Omen HQ. The Talonmaster has an Arbiter's Gaze. So, classic. Uh, troops, he has one Infiltrator Squad. So, this is not technically a pure Deathwing list. So, he doesn't get the, the bonuses for that. But one squad of Infiltrators is a great splash into a Deathwing list. I think we've talked about that in the past. Yep. So, Elites, Deathwing Ancient, Pendant of Remembrance. Thunderhammer Storm Shield. No reason not to take this unit. Um, he's also a hero of the chapter uh, and Rights of War. He has Rights of War. So there you go. Uh, yeah. So then he's got two Deathwing Command Squads, uh, which are 70 points each with a Watcher in the Dark and a pair of Thunderhammer Storm Shields. 
right? So those are just objective sitters, objective getters, teleport in. This is going to give you some flexibility to play behind enemy lines, uh, sit an objective, you know, 70 point, really hard to deal with contest unit. And then we've got the meat, right? So I've got one, two, three, 10 man Deathwing Terminator squads, 10 Thunder Hammers, 10 Storm Shields, two Cyclones, and one little Watcher each. Yep. That is a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, and then we've got the uh, Repothecary on a bike with a Reliquary of the Repentant and a Selfless Healer. And a Starter's Grenade yep. Launcher. And my cat's in the back behind me making a fool of himself. That's fine. <laughs> He's a cat. That's kind He's of right, job. It's the lion. <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, yeah, um, we, we've talked a lot about this kind of list format. Um, clearly, he piloted it to a victory at a 257-player event, which is good on you, sir. Uh, if you want to, you know, if happen, this happens to catchers, you want to provide and comment on your performance or what you found with success, uh, love to hear from you. But other than that, kudos to you. The lion smiles upon you. Excellent. All, All right. right. What other names you got to say? Well, let's see. Um, well, I think it would be would we'd be amiss to not shout out Charlie Andre, who we've had on the podcast before. He Indeed. won the he won the Milwaukee GT, which was seventy player five round. I actually, had a buddy of mine on my forty k team go and place fifteenth with Space Wolves at this event. He was with me on my Adepticon team. Uh, yep. This year, so Charlie he ran Ezekiel, no powers listed, Interrogator Chaplain. Uh, who's got the jump pack, Master of Sanctity, Power Fist, the Armor and uh, Armor Indomitus, so he's really uh, extra not killy. And a Thunder... How did he get a Thunder Hammer and a Power Fist? So, uh... Interesting. I don't know. I don't I mean, know. He doesn't need you a Storm you Shield. Can't replace, you can't replace the Crozius. So I'm not sure. Maybe that's hmm. a typo. Maybe we gotta ask him. Alright. So, uh, so whoopee whoopee. There you go. Uh, ancient with the Penitent of Remembrance, uh, Deathwing Ancient, Deathwing Champion with the exempl uh, Martial Exemplar, so that's the reroll charges. So he was, remember we had him on, that was sort of his thing, and I've tried that out for yeah. a while. It's pretty pretty useful. You drop uh, the, drop the you know, move the jump, the chaplain up, everything drops in, the champion mm -hmm. gives the aura, so everything that drops in around the champion gets to reroll its charges. Uh, it sounds pretty good. And, and then, and you get once, plus two to charge on top of that from the Canticle of Hate. Yeah. Yep. The the double the two man command squads with the Watcher because we got all those Watchers are pretty useful because it's those once per game denies. So having the smaller mm. squads lets you spam more of those in for free. Because used to be a five point and upgrade. they're free. And they're free. Yep. And and I think that's the big thing to think about. Like uh, under the previous season with points, all of these Terminator squads that are all Thunder Hammer Storm Shields, two Cyclone missile launchers, that's like an extra 150 points on each squad. So looking forward to the balance this, status. Like if we go back to that, um, that's happening. This thing's playing, this thing's, um, and then with the, yeah, with the Cyclones, yeah, this thing is playing basically what would have been 2,500 points, you know, yep. three months ago. And then there Yikes. is an Assault Terminator squad uh, with a Teleport Homer, along with a, that's a 10 man with Thunder Hammer Storm Shield. Uh, and then you have the Ravenwing Apothecary with Decisive Tactician. So there's the, he still has that the, yep, the, the built-in plus one to charge, and along with Selfless Healer, Paragon of the Chatter. So this is his Warlord, this is his Apothecary. So he's zipping around, giving so, plus one to charge, and he's bringing back people. So very. So the idea that. here 
is that one, the apothecary gives you uh, redundancy. So if you, you, so you position everything up, so if your chaplain doesn't get his litany off, which you will know in the, in the command phase, your apothecary can, get, can move up to provide the plus one to charge. Um, also, this guy has 10 more Terminators, right? Charlie put a 10-man squad of assault Terminators in on top of the one, two, three Deathwing Terminator squads. So he paid for that compared to everybody else. Uh, he doesn't have Azrael and he doesn't have a Talon Master. Yeah. Right. Um, so it, it's a it's a thick list. This is forty four Terminators, Spicy. right? Plus the two plus the two characters, right? It's uh, I, I don't know how this fits in two thousand points. It's kind of crazy, but um, yeah. So it's a takedown of a, a major in Milwaukee. There you go. Well, congrats on that, Charlie. Oof. Oof. Yeah. So uh, we're going to bounce on to uh, the games of Westeros 14, 86 players, five round GT. Uh, I don't know where this is. Vostman Lons Jan SE. I don't know where that is. Um, sounds. Uh, Nordic. I believe games of Westeros, that's Sweden. Vosman Lons. I'm pretty sure that's, oh, okay. I'm pretty that sure that's Sweden. That makes uh. sense. So we have third place with Tim Norton. Uh, and he had Arcs of Omen, Compulsory Type, Fast Attacks. So we have Primaris Chaplain on Bike with Catechism of Fire, Recitation of Focus. So he's got plus one to wound and, and shooting a close enemy target and plus one to hit. Yep. Uh, Master of Sanctity and Wise Order, Talon Master Barebones, Talon Master with Arbiter's Gaze, Rainbow Wing Apothecary with the Reliquary, oh, and Selfless you missed, Healer. You missed Samael. Oh, oh Samael's in there. Alright, there we yep. go. That There's some meat there. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, three four, four, five, five six, six, seven, eight, seven. nine Black Knights. Okay. Nine Black Knights. Oh, I guess I should just do the math at 30 points each. It's yep. 270, so 18 Black Knights. And then he's got nine multi-melted bikes, uh, bare bones squad of bikes, but they all have melted guns or multi-melt or a combi melt on the sergeant. So three melters in that squad, two outrider squads as well. So you've got a lot of uh, screen clear, which if you're playing into a lot of nids, like I did at Adepticon, uh, you might see any of these big 30-man gaunt blobs, and nothing will pick that up faster than two squads of outriders shooting and charging with a bazillion attacks, turn one. That will so, definitely put into that. I'm going to give props here, because this, out of all the lists we've got today, this is the only one that's a pure Ravenwing. Yeah. Right? So that is, uh, like, he's got two nine-man Black Knight blobs, which... Can maybe, if you're real careful, kind of do the function of a Deathwing blob, but they really can't. Let's not, let's not. <laughs> like, yeah, they don't yeah. have the damage output. They don't have the resiliency. All they have is speed. And uh, you need to feed these guys a lot of command points to make them work. Um, he starts the game with two. So, yeah. Um, also, let's get two Outrider squads. Like, we don't see those very yeah. often, but he's paying 105 points. Guys, I think Outriders are steel at 105 points. They're just outcompeted by, by everything else in the Dark Angels Codex. Um, which would because talent masters are fantastic, melted bikes are yeah. fantastic, and Deathwing Terminators are whatever an order of magnitude above fantastic is. But at 105 yeah. points, that unit is great. They have like 19 attacks on the charge, yeah, it's something ridiculous. And you can transhuman them, 
and they have an invul save because they're Ravenwing. So anyway, um, yeah, pro props to you, good sir, Tim Norden, uh, from the great nation of Sweden. Uh, did you want to, was this on the list of things we were going to look at? Which one's that? The midcon list. Yeah, let's talk about it. That's fine. Um, so this one is interesting because it is kind of, it's a, I think it's characteristic of a mix that leans more towards Ravenwing. So this is Mr. Heinrich Davison, uh, from Viborg, Denmark. If I was assuming that's the country code DK. Yeah. Right, uh, yep. seventy-four player five rounder, uh, second place undefeated. Right, uh, so he has a apothecary on a bike. Uh, so he has a warlord trait. It doesn't list what the warlord trait is. I'm gonna assume it's selfless healer. Wait, hold on. It's not because he's uh he he's only a ninety point apothecary. Rights of war. Does it say rights of war on there? Oh, yep, I yep. missed it. There you go. You are correct. All right, so then two talent masters and Samael. So then he's got two infiltrator squads with Helix Gauntlets, and they're five-man squads each. Then he's got one 10-man Deathwing squad with Thunderhammers and two Cyclones and a Watcher. Then he's got a 10-man Ravenwing Black Knight squad. And then he's got a squad of Servitors. So yeah. 30 points for four Servitors with Servo Arms nice. uh, to sit on his objective, I would presume. Uh, then three squads of three attack bikes with Multimeltas. And two land speeder tornadoes in individual squads with assault cannons and multi melters. Y'all, this is a good list. This is a yeah. really good list. Um, you're going to need some practice to play it because as we've t as we've memed on this on the show before, uh, Black Knight blobs are not easy to manage. Um, but in conjunction yeah. with that ten man Thunderhammer Storm Shield blo block, maybe maybe you're going to get something more out of it. Uh, this is going to be Killy AF on turn one. It's going to be Killy AF on turn two. It's going to just do a lot of work. Um, yep. And with those servitors and those two infiltrators, this is going to play high objective count missions very, very well. You're going to be able to forward screen out uh, your infiltrators, do that kind of stuff, you know, hold and contest objectives early, mess up scout moves, right? Um, all that kind of stuff. And then those land spear tornadoes, they move like, 19 inches or something dumb like yeah, that on yeah. um and plus the advance and so that's going to help you score engage and get into other deployment zones or as bailey discussed last episode last episode jump over lines and do character sniping functions yeah this is a good it's a good list it's a well really and i would list. say based on my experiences um playing with only 10 Thunderhammer Storm Shield Terminators myself recently with even actually less because I had mixed in Binding Claws and a Chain Fist. Mm -hmm. you, you only really need 10 Terminators to, to ruin somebody's day. Like I've played a lot of lists where like, so this is looking forward to like when the points adjustment comes and you stop seeing the 30, 40 list Terminator list because you can't fit that many in a list anymore. Yeah. If you can just get, just getting 10 in is fine because if they basically everything else stays the same, uh, you can be very competitive with just 10 Terminators in your list. You just have to be smart in the way that you use them and have enough stuff to back them up when you go into those matchups against people that have a way to deal with just 10 Terminators. Um, if you can make them, yeah. you know, if you can sell them dearly or you're going um, and, and use your stratagems and buffs correctly, uh, like using line unbreakable, like I did at Cagbash, I did that a couple times and that kept my Terminators alive one turn longer so that they could kill a couple more things before they got overrun. 
Um, they're fantastic, but running into armies that spam mortal wounds, unless you screen your Terminators properly, you're going to pick them up real fast. Uh, Tal with the right things can pick them up real fast, and Chaos Knights, or just Knights in general, if they have Volkite, can pick them up real fast if so, they want to. One of the things I think is really good about this list is I really think that you only actually need 10 Terminators um, because they're the one big chunk. It's like, yeah. yes, you can do 40, right? That's clearly very, very good, right? They're going to move forward. Nothing can, like, they they skew so hard. They're like, you know, drifting a freaking, you know, rally car around a corner, right? But they, uh, but with this, you can, like, think about the objective play here. You've got 1,500 points of heavy weapons. Yeah. And you're just going to... And so you can very, very comfortably sit in your ideal doctrine, right? Keep all your Ravenwing very, very safe, very, very healthy with extra AP and just pick up a lot of points. And if you need to, your Apothecary uh, running with those Terminators, as he's going to do can just oh i need to do something i just flip those terminators for one cp i flip those terminators into the assault doctrine and they get all the buffs of deathwing and the assault doctrine right where you can't do that in the in the big skew deathwing lists because you have to progress and you can't really get there until turn three yeah you can flick one guy ahead if you need to but with this i i think you can really get best of both worlds um i'm not i i've, I've tried a double 10 man squad i don't have this skill yet to to manage it but right. I think, you know, if you want to try and run this kind of list uh, or this mixed Ravenwing Deathwing, start with 10, fill the rest out with Ravenwing Heavy Weapons, and you're going to meet with some success. I agree. I think that's the so, way to go. All right. Um, one other Dark Angels player at this list that finished in the top 10, Mr. F uh, Frederick Larson. Fifth place finished with the Dark Angels. Uh, we don't have the actual list, but it says uh, this build adds three more units of Devastators. Uh, just to provide oh, nice. some additional range direct damage firepower. And we'll talk about uh, something along that like those lines here in a bit. Uh, ready to move on? Yep. Dice uh, we Hammer. got Dice Hammer open, 40k GT number six, five rounds in Irvine, California. Steven Corrales uh, has won, or he's got third place here, and he has Ezreal, and this is a, these are all Firstborn Ezreals that we've talked about tonight. No yeah. uh, primary Ezreals yet. Uh, then we've got, and he's the Warlord, no Warlord trait. Then Ravenwing Talon Master, Arbiter's Gaze, Talon Master with Rights of War. Another classic example, the double Talon Master, one with the Gaze, yep. one with the Rights. Uh, Infiltrator Squad with the Gauntlet. Blade Guard Ancient, and I can see why you'd run, run one of those in some other cases because he has more than one way to give plus one to hit because he can give plus one to hit an aura to Blade Guard. I believe I was looking at this earlier. Yeah, uh, uh, but and then he he's... Can, then if you ancient him, then he get or chapter ancient him, then he can give out plus one to hit in the command phase in melee. Uh, yes. So the mostly I think people take because he's cheaper, right? He he's cheaper. ninety points. The downside is he doesn't have like an actual close combat weapon, right? Whereas your Terminator Ancient can have a Thunder Hammer to Storm Shield. Yeah. So that's the that's the trade off. But yeah, he really is synergizes best with Blade Guard because he can give Blade Guard plus one to hit as well as do the chapter uh, ancient buff. So, Got all right. Um, 20 Terminators. Two, yeah, 20 man Terminator squads. So once again, a slight skew back towards the center. And then a Ravenwing Apothecary with Reliquary the Repentant and Selfless Healer. Uh, then two squads of three attack bikes with multi-meltas. Yeah, I like that. A, 
a land speed or tornado with an assault cannon and a multi-melta. And then here's the reason why we wanted to give you this list. Yeah. An invader ATV with an onslaught cannon and a yeah. thunderfire cannon. Let's go. What an, a- what an absolute Chad. Um, look, what's so the thunderfire cannon, what do thunderfire cannons do Bailey? Uh, well, they fire uh, outside of line of sight, which is like the big key for them. They are yep. very much neutered from previous editions. I think they're strength four now instead of strength six. They're AP one instead of it might even be AP zero if I remember. They're, they're still forty three shots, but they have a stratagem. Yep. They have that will have the movement of anything that doesn't have fly. Yep, it's pretty spicy. So like. You got Gaunt problems. You got yeah. World Eater problems. Like, there, there's something there, right? They're cool. And well, Invader and that, that's, uh You brought up the Gaunts that reminded me that would have been very useful in, in that first game of Depticon because a lot of people are just, they've gone back to just stringing their squads out in front of their army. So if you, uh, somebody out, does that and you hit them and you cut their movement in half, they can't move fast enough to clear their lines to let the rest of their <laughs> army out. So you just pin them in the deployment zone. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's that's an old, that's some old tech there, but it, it's still, it's an old code, but it checks out. <laughs> well done, sir. All right. All right. So, um, hey, like I said, every now and then, go back to your, go back to your book, take a look. Yeah. And look, man, um, third place at a 75 round event ain't shab. That's not bad. So good on, good on yeah, you, sir. Good job. What else are we talking about? Um, I think, uh, well, we have, uh, we have Manny Chima second place at Southampton GT before we go to, uh, the new, the new, the new swag. So taking a look at this, we've got, yeah. uh, so yep. you got second right. place, seven round, 197 players, um, in, in England. Uh, let's see here. We've got Lazarus. We've got Talon master with rights of war. Decisive tactician is the warlord and paragon of the chapter. We've got Talonmaster Arbiter's Gaze, Bladeguard Ancient, Steadfast Example, Pendant of Remembrance. He's the Chapter Ancient, so he's given him the Warlord trait and the Relic. Uh, Ravening Apothecary with the Reliquary of the Repentant. Not upgraded at all. He's just the 90.1. Uh, he has he's there for the Feeling of Pain. I think he's there for the Feeling of Pain, mostly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then just Suicide Bombing with the Reliquary of the Repentant yep. at some point. Then you've got the classic... 10 man Thurm, uh, Thunderhammer Storm Shield Cyclone Missile Launcher squads once, twice, and then a five man squad to go with that. So he's got 25 Terminators. Then we've got nine Melta bikes and then two bare bones land speeders with melt. I melted 60 points each. Yeah. These so, aren't tornado land speeders. These are just no. land speeders because they're 60 points. Right. So he was able to fit two of those in, right? And he's five points under 1995. Uh, Let's talk about the Lazarus tech piece here. So Lazarus is something I think we see show up a lot in the really, really high-end lists. And I think, so the reason why is because what makes Lazarus different is he has a five-up aura of Field of Pain Against Mortal Wounds. And he personally has a four-up Field of Pain Against Mortal Wounds, uh, fights on death, and has a sword that's cool against psychers. So when you're... Tekken and you're thinking you're going to go all the way and you know that your list, which this list is, is vulnerable to mortal wounds, Lazarus is the piece you bring in to shore up that weakness. So this is a specific 
anti-Nid slash anti-Thousand Sun. Yeah. Honestly, anti-Imperial Knight uh, matchup. Yeah. Because Imperial Knights surprise you, and they can put out a crap ton of mortal wounds. Yep. So, uh, yeah, once again, Man Chima, one of the best players in the world. Um, and when he's p- picked up the faction, you know that there's something there. Uh, I do want to shout out back one real quick. Uh, from the Corsair Open Grand Tournament uh, in uh, München uh, D, that's Deutschland, Germany. So in good old Deutschland, 43-player, five-round, second-place finish, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicholas Lackner. Um I liked this uh, mostly because so he had the you know one so he had two squads of terminators the two big terminator squads two infiltrator squads two melted bike squads and then three land speeder vengeances. Yep, there it is. Right? That's the spice. three land speeder three land speeder vengeances. Um, there's other stuff in the list too, which we're not you know we've seen all this right. Zeke, Talonmaster, Talonmaster, Sammy. Right, Blade Guard Ancient, blah, blah, blah. But three Landspeeder Vengeances is a lot of boom. That is yep. a lot of boom. Um, and honestly, if you think about it, this list is really hard to score points against, right? You've got four. You got, no, no, you got, you've got six characters. So people are going to be tempted to take, to take a assassinate against you. It's not a good idea. Yeah, it is just not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and this is a this is a good list too. Anyway, so yeah, second place. There are two other high finishes at this tournament: uh, Michael Ruffer and Fabian Brendel. Yep. All right. And then I think, from what we saw as we're scrolling through here, the one other list that we really wanted to look at. Uh, oh, I wanted to look at uh, one of them was uh, from the Kelpie Crusade GT. Uh, 32 player GT in Scotland as Cousinus Wilson play Dark Angels and won. And one of the reasons I like this list was, or I want to talk about this is because I follow him on Twitter. We kind of interact every so often on Twitter. He's uh listens to the podcast every so often because I've talked to him about it. He used to read my blog. Oh, yeah. uh, Good day, and, sir. <laughs> and he, uh, he was tweeting about playing this list and how much of just a complete mind cooker it was and how he was very glad when it was all said and done that he didn't have to play this list anymore please please elaborate so like it's it takes a lot of mental bandwidth to run this yep. or yeah okay yep that seemed to be the gist i was getting he's like this takes a lot to play and this is something we've heard like from charlie andre that's played this multiple terminator list before uh that yeah it takes some skill to know how to play this list it takes time, you know, practice with smaller amounts of Terminators and slowly work your way up to more and more Terminators. And an esk that seemed to go in. I can, I can test fresh. that. Like yeah. I said, I, I usually play with a brick of 10 and I, I played a game against my buddy with Necrons a couple weeks ago that I said I wanted to like, hey, I want to see if I can move up to 20. And it is a big step up. Like 330 points is a lot of shooting to convert into, you know, something that's not mobile. Yeah. Uh, and so you really, and it it, it is uh, once again having cyclones on them is a big help because they can do some yeah. shooting, not great amounts of shooting. It's yeah. something, um, but man, like having thirty of them is just like, look, this is the only thing I have to solve my problems. And I can imagine running into some hard counters that are really yeah. really fast and could just output. Like uh, world eaters are would probably be a pretty tough matchup because world eaters can just eat you they don't yeah. matter if you're about your about your inner circle 
They just put out enough damage to eat you. You charge them, don't care. They pop a one CP stratagem, they fight on death. Right? They'll interrupt and yeah. fight on death. Right? And it doesn't matter. Right? Uh, and Angron literally does not care. <laughs> he yeah. kills everything. So, um, yeah. But, uh, well, I said, uh, Innis, if you want to talk about it, please feel free to reach out. Um, once again, 10th edition is right around the corner. A lot of the stuff is probably going to be invalidated. Yeah. That's why I'm not spending a huge amount. I'm trying not to spend a huge amount of time on it. Uh, but, yeah. Hey, let me give one other list a shout out real quick. Yeah. This one, <clears throat> right over yonder. This is from uh, an 84-player, seven-round major in Pepino, España. So in the Iberian Open Talavera. Oh, yeah. Mr. Borja got fourth place with a Dark Angel list titled Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole reason I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Anyway, since we're here, Azrael, Talon Master, Rights of War, uh, and Harbinger's Gaze, Samael, inf 10, inf 10 Infiltrators, one squad of 10 Infiltrators, uh, which you can combat squad up. Blade Guard Ancient, Pennant, one, two squads of uh, Terminators, 330 points, so you know what's in them. The Apothecary, Selfless Healer. Three, uh, three squads by three multi-melt attack bikes and a one land speeder with multi-melt. It's a 60 point land speeder, non-tornado standard pattern. Um, yeah, there you go. Hey, that's a, that's a good finish at a big event. Yeah. Are so, you right? Do you want, do you want to risk something for the biscuit here on almost, on sort of a non sequitur, but this, that comment about Dwayne Johnson reminded me of a tweet. I screenshotted earlier today. Oh boy. All right. Ready for what this? you got? What you uh, got? So this was in, they were talking about the lion. This was something a uh, honest war gamer latched onto. I was looking at and this is dealing with like how uh, there's this like ongoing thing on 40 K Twitter about how serious do you take the lore of 40 K and based on interviews with Rick Priestley, he'll tell you like, it's all a joke. It's all a big joke. Don't take us seriously. If you are, you've mm -hmm. missed the point. If you think the idea of the Imperium of man is a good idea to run a government, uh, you are very much, you know, you taking to... the bait hook line is, you need to go back to civics class. That is not, that is, yeah. yeah. The whole thing is a satire, right? The whole setting is a satire cooked up by some drunken high English dudes in the mid eighties as a commentary on, uh, on the English government. And here's, and here's uh, the best, specifically the about best Margaret ones. Thatcher, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, here's one of the best ones. So mm. Lionel Johnson is a play on the English poet, Lionel Johnson, whose most famous poem the Dark Angel is about being a closeted gay man. And The Rock, the Dark Angel's mo fortress monastery, was the name of the biggest gay bar in Nottingham in the 1980s when they wrote Warhammer 40,000. Well, there you go. So uh, there you this go. is confirmed. I heard an interview with Rick Priestley on... Uh, what's uh, Steve Steve Joel's uh, Heroes or Champions of 40K podcast? Yeah, that's anyway, the one yeah, I was listening to. I heard yeah, it yeah. from his direct... Yeah, that is, that is true. So if that bothers you, hey, man, sorry. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's the truth. Well, that's, uh, that's, still, that's like, the origin of it. <laughs> we're here. We're we're here. We're here for it. So yeah. uh, okay. So last thing we want to talk about here. Uh, last minute addition to our show notes. So this last weekend, right? So like three days ago, old Manny Chima coming back out here took down the Manchester GT with a list that is different. We're going to talk about this. Uh, Auspex <laughs> Tactics covered it. So in case you yep. haven't listened to that, go listen to them, I, I guess. Uh, so here's the list. A Primaris Captain, Sword, Relic, Shield. 
Okay, 80 points. Two Talonmasters, you know how they're set up. A Blade mm-hmm. Guard Ancient with a Pen and Remembrance and Steadfast Example. Then one by, t- so two by 10 Deathwing Terminators, Thunderhammer, okay. Storm Shield, Cyclones. Okay, Fast Attacks. Two uh, non-Tornado Pattern Land Speeders with Multimeltas. Heavy Support. Here it is. One 10-man Desolation Squad with Super Crack Rockets. And a Vengor launcher on the sergeant. Next heavy support, one five-man desolation squad with Vengor launcher and super crack. Another five-man desolation squad with a Vengor launcher and super crack. So 20 of these little boys. <laughs> oh, you do have some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a store. I was in upstate New York uh, a couple weeks ago for work, and they had a store with 15% off. And I bought a box, so yeah. Anyway, oh, that's gonna... <laughs> uh, well, that's gonna re- remind me of that that you have those when we get to the hobby challenge for next. Sure, month. yeah, that works out. So, so anyway, um, we we all once again, if, you, if you're familiar with Manny Chima, he was kind of rose to 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 international 40k fame by running this just ridiculous Imperial Fist list at the end of Eighth Edition when the Space Marines oh, were, yeah. you know, the two kaiju punching each other in the face. And the thing didn't need to see you to shoot you. It was all Imperial Fists. It just, everything was in direct fire. Everything, like, he would table everything on turn two. It was un, it was basically unstoppable, except by other Space Marines doing the the Bro Hammer Chaplain list. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so, so look. Manny went out, picked up 20 of these little dudes uh, for this idea, and took down a giant freaking tournament with them. So I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to try and see if I can get the other nine of these little duders painted tonight and try and play them tomorrow. Or not painted. Absolutely well, not. And I think happen. one of the other I'm going to put them together. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, one of the things in that thing that, um, that I don't know if they listed in his list, but they brought in that aspects thing is that one of those Vanguard launchers is master crafted using the um, yeah. sergeant marked for command yeah. ability. So it's damage three instead of damage two. So that's a good opportunity. Let's uh let's chat about it real quick. So what do Desolation Marines do? And why do you need to care? So here's their stat line, right? From the Agastus rulebook. So uh it's a standard Primaris Marine body, right? Six, you know, six inch move, two yeah. two wounds, two attacks, blah, blah, blah. So they all come with what's called a Castellan launcher, or the Castellan launcher is 36 inch range, heavy D3, strength four, AP one, damage one, blast, indirect fire. So every single one has that. Then additionally, you can choose to give each one a super crack or a super frag, right? The super frag is, they're both 48 48 inch, right? So four feet, heavy D3 plus three shots, strength four, AP minus one, one damage blast, or for the super crack, 48 inch range, heavy one, strength eight, AP three, D3 plus three damage. So you trade off, the flexibility of the firstborn devastators being able to pick which missile they fire by dedicating to one. But instead of a D six shot, it's D three plus three shot AP one. So in devastator doctrine, it goes to AP two or instead of being a AP two D six damage missile, it's an AP three D three plus three damage missile, which is real good, right? In devastator doctrine, this thing's AP four D three plus three damage at 48 inches. That doesn't suck. Uh, so additionally, the sergeant can replace that missile launcher with a Vengor, 
which is a 48-inch range, heavy D6, strength 6, AP1, 2 damage, indirect fire. So once again, you can Mastercraft it. So now you have a D6 shot, strength 6, AP2, because you're going to be in the Devastator Doctrine, 3 damage, indirect fire weapon. That is going to give real threat to uh, 8-bound Terminators, right? Not Deathwing Terminators. They really don't give a crap. But... (laughs) um, I mean, like, honestly, if you're going to go play a tournament next weekend, you need to worry about Deathwing Terminators because they're freaking everywhere, apparently. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, so so that's the idea here, right? So he's got three of those sergeants with these Vengor launchers, one of which is Mastercrafted. And then that's 20 of these Castellan launchers, right? Also, that Vengor launcher comes with the targeting optic. The targeting optic, each time the bear makes a range attack with a heavy weapon, add plus one to the attack sit roll. So the sergeant gets plus one to hit. So you can move, he still hits on threes. You're a Dark Angel, you don't move at all. You stand still. But if you indirect fire, now you're hitting on twos, or so yeah. you're still hitting on twos and indirect fire with the Sergeant. Because you can Dark Angel your way through the like, plus one, or sorry, through the minus one for indirect fire, right. and then targeting optic back down to two. That's pretty good. And all those castle launchers are still hitting on threes because of Dark Angels. <clears throat> so yeah. um, it, it interacts real well. In addition, the Signum, uh, the Sergeant has a Signum, which means that you can select one model in the unit and give them a two-up ballistic skill. So your Sergeant's going to hit on twos, and another model in the unit's also going to hit on twos. That's very nice. That's pretty good. <laughs> so yep. no, I like that's, it. That's pretty. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, I'm a I'm a fan. All right, so that means once again when you're you can move and shoot these guys, right, and hit on and hit on twos with that Vengor launcher. Yep, right? you can always, or you um, can stand still, and two of them can hit on twos, even in indirect fire. There's that uh, stratagem for moving and shooting heavy weapons, as if you hadn't moved, right? With dark it's two CP. Space well, yeah, it's it's and it's move. Yeah, it's moving as if you hadn't moved at all, or yeah. you act as you. Act as if you'd remain stationary for the remainder of the phase. So it's cool because you can move, shoot, and if you even if you charge, right, you still get plus one to hit on the charge because you counter remaining stationary for the remainder of the turn. Yeah. Which is spicy, right? When you do it with a unit yep. of ten terminators. But um, so anyway, uh I, I think there's something there. They're obviously, you know, they've shot to the top of the meta. Um, some of the best players in the world are are bending their lists to take them. So maybe you should think about it. Um, this Brutalis Dreadnought looks like he's a looks like he's going to slap as well. Heavy Intercessors, hey, they're cool. They're fine. They're yeah. a little expensive. They're fine. Um, it's going to hard to make long term recommendations with tenth edition around around the way. So the best recommendation to make is this: Look, guys, I've been playing for twenty years. Uh, every time an edition change comes up, don't worry about what's good. Buy what you think is cool, yeah. and it's going to make you paint it. It's going to motivate you to paint it. Yep. So that's the recommendation. All right, so with that, we're going to go to the Roll Call of Honor real quick and give some honorable mentions to people that did well at tournaments, got got into the Goonhammer articles that we review when we write this section of the podcast. So you get your shout-out because we just don't have the time for everybody tonight, unfortunately. Yep. So we got Damian Ridgewell, Pascal Haberstroff, uh, Nick Hurtine, uh, Alexander Tepe, Gregors Helich, Matthew Monsoor, uh, Joshua Hines, Sean Challenger Scottman, Kyle Mares, Brody Atkinson, 
J.C. Barnum, 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 oh, it's too late for this. I can't, I should not have done this. <laughs> but Jay, I know you've been on here before, so we're giving you another, I made sure to get you in here because we've seen you, we see you. Uh, James Hobbs, jo, uh, Johan uh, Norman, Alexander Soyberg, Frederick Larson, James Ducunzo, uh, David Lima, Chad Lapham, uh, Nikolai Jorgensen, uh, William Tesla. I feel like we've had that guy on here. Before. Oh, he's the guy that had a Helverin in his list. He got 11th oh, in okay. his tournament. He had a Helverin. I was all ready nice, all right. for that, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. Uh, Thomas Powell, uh, Jamie Beaton, Stephen Baroque, Cuervo, uh, Marcos Cuervo, uh, Salvador Pe- uh, Pados Perez, Craig Mills, Ethan Holt, and Kieran French. All right. The most dreadful part of the podcast with all the names that I can't pronounce because I'm tired and dehydrated. Gentlemen, The Rock sees you and has recorded your names. Yes, you are great. You are written down in the halls of of champions. Uh, So we talked about my list in last month's podcast, all the prep. Uh, Here's the deal. Uh, Across two big tournaments, I went one in eight over two weekends. (laughs) So... uh, Secondary play still not strong for me, but what I can tell you, uh, people, the suppressors, I uh, actually handed my list to Thomas Ogden at Adepticon. He's like, I like everything but the suppressors, and then gave it back to me. So he liked <laughs> at least the bare bones. Um, the suppressors did work in certain matchups. Um, some matchups, they came up, they shot one thing. Uh, like I played Tyranids round one, I shot at his Gaunt Squad once, and then all of a sudden, every Tyran effects on the board that could see them fired their really big die gun. The rupture, the rupture cannon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they started eating up my suppressors as fast as possible. So, I mean, I guess that was a turn where, like, my bikes or my Terminators didn't get hit, and my 90 point suppressor squad ate it. So, kind of a fair trade off. Uh, but definitely going to move on from them and try something else for a bit on the next rendition okay. of the list. Uh, from what I saw, I'll, I'll talk about some big things again with the Dal- new edition and data- balanced data slate coming out. I'm sure the meta will shift, but what I was looking at uh, that was different or that I saw a lot of were big nids, like big bug nids, Carnifexes, the Trianifexes, the Turvagon, uh, Big hordes of gaunts, gene stealers, not, more gaunts than gene stealers. One, somebody brought gargoyles because they're hmm, troops now. Interesting. Uh, I yeah. saw one parasite where, like, if it wounds you with one of its weapons, you lose obsec, and then you just keep and you permanently have this injury for a while. That was kind of interesting, and it's really fast. Uh, oh, par- I almost, the parasite of more treks. Yeah, yeah. I almost killed it with an assault intercessor squad. I got it down to one wound, and then it went off and turned my dudes into mush. Uh, custodes. Um, I saw tanks. Uh, with um, like the the custodes tanks. I've seen them in the last two months. Uh, some lists that have two to three squads of bikes. Um, seen the dreadnought lists, and then I've run into a cup uh, at Cagbesh specifically in my last game. This guy ran almost all infantry, except for he had two of the three manned uh jet back jet pack guys. But basically, his list was two big 10-man blobs of his troop choices that sat in the middle of the board with Trajan. So that seems to be very popular right now. Other it's marine lists with. are popular. Uh, Space Wolves are popular. One of the team, one of the 
one of the lists that top forward at that Manchester GT with Manny Chima that also ran Desolation Marines was Space Wolves because Space Wolves had a, have a stratagem that lets them ignore all modifiers and penalties. To keen, hit. keen senses. It's a good yep. one. So yeah. you'll probably see along with more Dark Angels list with Desolation squads, along with Iron Hands, which are also popular because of their chapter tactic. Space Wolves are also going to be yeah. there, and I played a lot of Space Wolves just in general because Wolfen are disgustingly good. Uh, they're they fast. They, have, uh, they fight <laughs> on death. That's uh, all you they need. Have, they fight on death. Yeah. Thunderhammers. Yeah. yeah. Fight, fight, th- yep. fight on the Thunderhammers. What else you can say? Yep. And uh, they also give out buffs mm-hmm. to units around them if there's other stuff near them. Plus, you yeah. have all the characters Space Wolves have from Dreadnoughts and, and then to Logan Grimnar and his Santa Slay. So there's all sorts. And then I'm right into, I'm interested that, like, you know, because I was losing, um, you know, not everybody, you know, only one person's going to win the tournament. Very few people like at Adepticon, there was over 250 people or 230 people at the end of it all. And only 16 made it to day two. So, you know, if you're just going to go and you're playing, you're going to be in this mid table. And both of my sort of mid to lower table experiences, I ran into pure chaos lists, uh, demon lists. And so having a way or at least in a thousand sons list. So having a way to deal with a Lord of Change is very important because they can be Toughness hmm. eight. They can be minus one to hit, minus one to wound. They can have a three up invuln against shooting, a five up invuln against melee, and they have uh, infernal gateway, which is like the spell for killing the the death wing death ball. They pick a unit, and everything within three inches of that unit takes d three mortal wounds if it goes off. So the squad takes d three mortal wounds, and then everything All within the three inches characters. takes d three. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, watch really out gross. for that. <laughs> Uh, so that's sort of my experience looking at those two big events and those nine games from the games last month is uh, most important questions, custodes and whatnot. Yep. Did you have a good time at Adepticon? Oh, I had a fantastic time at Adepticon. 10 Everyone's out of 10 would do, would do again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, losing four games was is not fun. Uh, I was I didn't want to do the teams at first because I did it last year and kind of got frustrated with some of the rulings uh, on how things were done and some of the confusing list building things. Did it this year. We went three and two, uh, and that definitely picked up my weekend, picked my head up, made me realize that well, I'm not completely trash at this game. Uh, I what I do like about Adepticon team tournament is that it has a unique system for missions and scoring that's unique to them. They've been doing it for 20 years. And if you've played Warhammer 40,000 long enough, you'll recognize that you're playing basically older mission rules. Like they had a lot of end of game scoring with objectives in some of their missions. Some games they were progressive. Uh, There's one mission where the primary way to score is units in your opponent's deployment zone. So you have to play behind enemy lines. Like you don't have a choice. Uh, So it's kind of neat how that works out. Then they have the team scoring system. That's the 40-0 system. So it's sort of like world team championships where Mm -hmm. you, you, play the game and then you figure out what the difference is. And then there's a unique scoring system for outside of that. Uh, so yes, Adepticon singles, uh, four games in one day is rough, but you can do it, especially since they're the shorter rounds, uh, at two hours, 45 minutes and the player plays terrain. You just got to go and know what you want and just go. Yeah. So I definitely practice, you gotta, practice for you got to practice for that. Yeah. You got to practice for that. And, uh, at that point, like, your your physical health is is a is a limiting factor is a constraint so you got to hydrate eat good food drink yep. uh you know drink good you know good beverages get a good night's sleep um like look a lot of people don't I think we said it before 
a lot of people don't realize it, but thinking burns calories. Yeah. Right. And so and the, and the brain is a very muscular organ, right? So it will, you will run into a calorie deficit, right? A nutrient deficit on game three or game four and have a, and have a rough time. So do your, do your pushups, meet your Wheaties. If you're planning on going to an event like that and trying to be competitive. Um, I, I generally don't play in singles tournaments when I go to events, uh, because I like to enjoy the con. Like I like to go get like painting lessons and that yeah. kind of stuff. And, when you go to play in the champs, you're you're there for the there, right? And you will yeah. for me, once again, for, for me, it's a six hour flight at a minimum to go anywhere. Right. And yeah. so I and so like I don't wanna come back from my vacation feeling like I need a vacation. Um right. Maybe I'll maybe I'll be able to change that in the future, uh, but that's kind of where I'm at on it. But um, hey, I'm, I'm really excited. There were Hawaii people there. I met, yep, I met one, yeah. literally the last guy yep. I, that talked to me as I was walking out of the con, saw those objective markers you saw me. So Team throw, Table Hawaii throw, was at Adepticon. Yep. Amory gets around, right? He's a, he's an OG. Throw that picture up in the show, in the in the YouTube. Right? I'm sure I'll have cooler. to. So yeah. You'll probably have to reach out because I don't have the picture. He took it on his phone, so you might have to reach oh, yeah, out yeah. to get that picture. I'll forward it to you. Yeah, I've got it. I, he sent it to me this morning. I'll forward it to you. Uh, Amazing. all right. So look, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited. I want to go to Depticon. I've been to LVO. I've been to Nova. Um, that's kind of one of the, the last, you know, the last champs that I need to probably need to get to. Maybe I'll be able to get to it next year. Maybe I won't. I'm, I'm not sure. I'll try. Um, but yeah, I don't want to gloss over it. Right. But, um, yeah. look, man, what, like, what's the, what's the lion going to do? Like, what is he like? What's his role? In the oh, in the, oh, 40, we're, in the we're 41st moving to that part of Adepticon. We're moving uh, to the main I'm, segment. The, that's what I. That's uh, where I'm. At, that's where I'm at. That's where my head's all right, been. Let's at. go. Like, well, and this is this is the question that I have uh, for a lot of people too. So at Adepticon, uh, I was I was not in the room. The tickets were already sold. I was in line trying to get my badge when it started. Because here's the thing: they don't tell you uh, at Adepticon. Everyone that got a ticket got to see everything like an hour before the beforehand. Saw. Yeah, yeah. They so they, they said on gone. the stream we just got done revealing this everybody at Adepticon. I'm like, ah, that explains yep. the post I saw. <laughs> Someone yeah. managed to like do the thing down low, but yeah, yeah. I bet, somebody, the, energy, I bet the energy is good. Yeah, somebody was connection to Honest Wargamer because he had it on his stream because that's where I saw it when I got back to mm -hmm. my Airbnb. I was watching his stream and he was he had some potato camp images there. But yeah, they. But I was standing in the line and they were coming through. Uh, saying hey if you can go to the games workshop studio re preview and not uh not have you know and, and get out of line you don't need your badge and people got out of line and that's how i got through the line faster so it's also mm -hmm. how i got back to my, to the airbnb faster but yes the line is All there right. supposedly got the sword from cypher somehow so we're going to find out what we do and how do we have the it's lion not, and cypher on the board together it's, it's not, not the lion sword who, they who said sword in one post it? it's this the sword is named fealty so it's not the lion sword. I, I I don't know. I'm really curious. Luther's sword. Maybe, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, but they did. He does have the emperor's shield. Yeah. Now, if you're for the the astute observer, will will note that the emperor has never been imaged with a shield. He always has the sword and the claw. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um. Yeah, but look. That model, like I, I literally cried a little tear. It is gorgeous. It is yep. beautiful. Um, the it is the pose. I love the pose. The way it's composed is perfect. It's eleven out of ten. Changed nothing. 
I want exactly that model with exactly that paint scheme. Holy God, it's beautiful. Uh, which one of the four heads do you, are you leaning towards? Uh, so one of the things I put in my notes is, and I'm seriously considering this, is find a way to magnetize the heads so I can pop them in and out as, I, as I'm feeling that day. But if I had to glue a head to the body and go, this is the one I want, I'm going with no helmet uh, hood because that gives me that old man Obi-Wan Ben Kenobi vibes. Mm. And I feel like that's like the best the best way to have the night just kind of coming out of the desert planet, just kind of waltzing out there all mysterious. Like that's that's sort so of the vibe that I want. That was my initial reaction because that's what all the rest of my stuff is. But I really yeah. like the bare head. It's just the, like, you just, you get, you look at him and you get that this dude's here, he's old, he's, like, he's really mad that that this has transpired and he is about to take it out on your ass. Uh, <laughs> you know, the shield up, the sword down, like, not the crazy in the air heroic pose. Look, that is a means business pose, right? Yeah. Um, like, the way I see this playing out, right? Like, look, so he, we know he's been awake for a while. It, it was alluded to very strongly in the first Arcs of Omen book, right? Remember where, where Dante and the Blood Angels boarded an arc and found that everyone had already been cleaved in half as if by some great blade, right? So, so Lion's been cleaning up and doing his business. So what happens when he meets Gilliman? I'll tell you what I, you, what, I'll tell you what I think, but feel free to, feel free to jump in. Oh man, I, I well, he's not going to be happy. I mean, from what I understand, because I have not read a bunch of the Horse Heresy books, the last time Gilman tried to run the show, uh, Johnson did not approve, and that Ooh. almost started a fight, a really nasty fight, right then and there. You're speaking, of course, of the Unremembered Empire. Uh, yeah. So yeah, um, look, I don't know. Does so Johnson's a pragmatist first and foremost among all things. I I firm I think that Gilman would would be like okay. I'm the Imperial Regent, and I name you my War Master. I'm going to go back to Terra. I am way behind on paperwork. Go do oh, that I thing. That. <laughs> That's what I would. Yeah, and then um, and the Lion would oh, would go uh, handle his know, business. You know what I see here that I find interesting uh, on the Lion, and this is this is here's some deep 40k lore for you. The Lion on his shoulder pad is the same Lion on the shoulder pad of the Celestial Prime in Sigmar. What if that's who that is? Because the way the realms work, uh, it could easily be that. And that would explain, and like, what, I wonder if there was, I have to go look through some Sigmar lore and see if something's happened to the Celestian Prime recently, because if he's just, like, disappeared, like, just like he's gone, and we don't know where he went, and then suddenly the lion wakes up in the 41st millennium with basically the same armor, uh-oh. That like okay, I don't know if I can endorse all this tinfoil hat stuff. Uh, like no, that's um. So 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 honestly, there's been a lot of people, and I do kind of subscribe to this. That um, subscribe to the theory that Sigmar, you know, and or some of the you know the the gods of the Sigmar you know world or the old world, uh, may have been the lost second and eleventh Primarchs. Okay. Um, and that kind of makes some sense, uh, but. I, I, I really strongly doubt that they would that they would, they would tie the two IPs together like that, um, especially because, well, one, the lion has been in the rock for ten thousand years. Fair. 
Yeah, and like I mean, look, look, he's old. Like his, they did a great job making an oh, old yeah. face, right? And that beard, it looks great. Look, he's he has physically experienced the passing of ten thousand years of time, and he is still here to hand you your butt. So, um, no, I'm I'm, I'm just super excited. I'm super excited about it. Uh, what like how do we fit him into your army? Um, I don't look, look, drop the unit terminators, bro. Like <laughs> whatever yeah. you need to do, put him in your army. Everyone's going to have one. It's going to be great. Um, I don't know if he's going to have all the buffs that Gilliman does. Um, it's kind of useless to speculate at this point. Um, he's obviously going to, you know, probably do reroll all hits for Dark Angels, which would be great. Uh, I don't know if he's going to do reroll ones for the Imperials or the Plasma Charge. I'm not sure. He is going to be. I'm willing to. I'm willing to lay money on the barrel head. He's going to be better in close combat than Gilliman. Because he's the I lion, can see that. right? Gilliman is a Gilliman is a you know is an adept, is an adept, right? He's an administrator who happens to have the benefit of primitive biology. He's a genius, but he's not he's not one of the ones, right? Um, so so I so I'd see less buffs. <laughs> oh, so maybe no Imperium buffs because he's not built to help the Imperium. He is the lion well, here to whoop. whoop also, I mean, like yeah. Does he like because he's not the Imperial Regent? Yeah, right. he's a risen Primarch, right? But the but the the Dark Angels are so notoriously insular that it, would they really work with other Imperial factions? He's not the head of the Indominus Crusade, so right. so yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Um, I said, well, hey, put your put your spiciest hot take down below. Um, yep. Let me know what you think, right? Like I'm I'm. Let's go. Let's go. I, I yeah. want quantum shielding rules on his shield <laughs> because I think that would just ruin everybody's lives, make him unique, um, and make the Emperor's shield feel like the Emperor's shield. Because when you try and dunk him with like a eight damage or a six damage weapon, and I go, all I have to do is roll under, I just have to roll less than, but not equal to what you did in damage to me, and I just ignore it right out. Oh, look, there's a five. I don't take six damage, and now I'm going to give you the 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 big boom, the boomstick. Uh, so uh, one of the various things that I thought of in a discussion with a buddy earlier today about what uh, that shield could actually be doing. That isn't just, you have a three up in Bolton save. Yeah. And maybe a film yeah. of pain, like basically like, every um, other, like special. Relic what I, shield. what I think he would need is a wound gate. Oh, I could see that too. Yeah. You need a wound gate, right? Um, so yeah. Um, let me, let me provide a, so this is from the Horus Heresy Book 9 Crusade from Horus Heresy 1st Edition. Um, so this is the book that details the Thromus campaign, uh, which the conflict between the Dark Angels and the Night Lords. Right? So it said, what, what approached the Imperium was no simple band of killers. For the Night Lords, even with the gene blessings of their Astartes heritage, had become little more than that. No fractured remnant of a legion all but beaten by the treachery of Horus, but a full army of the Legionis Astartes in all its glory come to exact toll for the betrayal of the vows once sworn by the Warmaster and his companions. If Thromas held, its defenders would behold the turning of the tide, the beginning of the war, and the end of the rout that was the heresy. Once they had been first, greatest and most feared, but now they came last to the battlefield, diverted by the wiles of Horus and enraged by the betrayal of their kin. The lion made haste to properly greet his wayward brothers, and he who followed at his heels was death. Oh, yeah. It's on, That's boys. 
it's coming. It's on now. Uh, and this this is actually an interesting question that came up going at Adepticon talking about this. So uh, one of the, the this will kind of transition us from first reveal to second big reveal. Tenth uh, edition is coming, and so we're gonna get the last Arcs of Omen book, The Lion, and we're gonna have like two or three months, probably less than that. Now thinking about it, to play with our Lion in Ninth edition before everything gets changed massively going into Tenth based on what the rumors were. And so the question becomes, is it worth buying the book to get the model and try and play ninth edition with him? And I would use the example going, this is again, tying into our meta watch. You know, if you are going, if you're one of the people that you play a couple times a month, maybe once a week, you might not find value in that because you're only going to get a handful of games in between now and the end of this edition. If you're playing multiple tournaments every couple of weeks and you're playing big events, like you're not just playing RTTs, you're playing five rounders, multi-day events, like I did in the last month. I played like 20 games between practice games, pickup games, and tournaments in the last two months. And that's more 40K than some people play in an entire year. And if Mm. you're playing at that rate and you have this book for a month or two, then I would argue that it's worth it because you're getting maybe 20 to 40 games of Warhammer in with that model and that rule book and his current rules that are come out before you even get to 10th edition. And that is like almost an entire season, ITC season worth of ter- of games. Like if you're playing at that rate, if you're playing a couple games a week and you're playing tournaments on top of that, because um, I know some people who do that, uh, yeah, totally worth it. It's It's an old wrestling proverb. Uh, it's not about the years in the business. It's about the number of matches in the business. And you got to yeah. not look, not look at it at, from a year's, Oh, I've been playing 40 K since second edition. It's like, okay, but how many games a year do you play? There was a guy who played at the team tournament that he's played the Adepticon team tournament every year. It's been around for 20 years and he needed me, his teammate and my teammate guiding him through the game and how the rules work to get him to understand what was going on because he only plays Warhammer 40,000 once a year at Adepticon. So look at it like what do you want to get at like everyone everyone engages with and enjoys a hobby in their own way. Yep. Right. Um. So and and in all of those ways are perfectly valid. Yeah. Uh, so look, if you don't want to spend the money, you know, on on a rule set that is going to last you three months, that's cool, man. I would I would counter that, like if you're if if you're a you know, a, a, a you know a casual Dark Angels follower, thanks for listening to the podcast. Appreciate you. Um, maybe not. If this is your, if this is your faction guys, buy this book, right? Like even if the rules aren't valid, right? The lore is there and the story is there that you're going to want to have. Right. And it's a keepsake. Right. Um, and it's like, this is the book. This is the one. And like, and that's a thing, right? Um, so all changed Would life change forever. If, if you don't have the money to spend on it, wait, wait a few months, buy it on discount. Right. Or whatever the store is, is offloading their, you're the ones that they couldn't move because it's probably a fairly niche product. Uh, I'm going to get it as soon as it comes out. That's just me. Um, I've got the I've got the cash to spare. Um, and even if I don't get but a couple games of ninth edition with them, that's also fine. Because um, well, once again, remember what they said: the on day one of tenth edition, all data slates have already been rewritten and reset, and they're going yep. to be available on turn one. All right. Or on day on so, day one, so yeah. So that so that's something I wanted to. So so moving into that tenth edition discussion, 
yes, a lot of things people have been asking for for a long time and a lot of sort of placating the the masses on the I just bought my new codex, what you know, like world leaders, players and whatnot. What is what is this madness uh, at this point? And for those of you that are new to 40K, this has been going on since the beginning of 40K. You get your codex, yeah. you go to a new edition yeah. and everything is a mess. Uh, sometimes they would feature proof things. Like I remember there was a Necrons codex that came out. And they and it was bad in the current edition, but as soon as they went to the next edition, changed some keywords and some special rules and some key interactions, all of a sudden they were unstoppable. So sometimes yeah. things are get future proof like that. You don't see it till it's too late. Case uh, in point, the World Eaters Codex. When the World Eaters Codex came out, everyone's like, "There's only six freaking re- like like there's only six there's only six stratagems in this book. There's yeah. three Warlord traits." Everyone's like, "What the hell?" I'm like. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. And sure enough, as I said, they're trying to really, once again, make it, you know, boil everything down. So it's a single point of reference, yep. which, which is a, which is a fair criticism. Um, not everyone's got the bandwidth to, you know, engage in multiple ways. You know, that like I, I happen to be fortunate enough that my professional training has, has prepared me for that very successfully. Um, yep. But the idea is they're going to have all the rules on, Maybe a front and a back, right? Two facing pages. That's your stratagems. Yeah. That's your warlord traits. That's your relics. That's everything. And then every other rule that won't fit there has been exported to your data sheet. They said, for example, once again, as we said, there's no psychic phase. All the library and psychic powers are going to be on his data sheet. Yeah. Right. If you've played Sigmar, uh, there's there's going to be. It sounds like there's going to be some pretty similar Sigmar esque things. Like with the that's how the spell. A lot of spells in Sigmar are. There are additional yeah. spells, but there are most of the the big spells tend to be already on your data sheet. That's the reason you're taking that character is because the spell is there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, some more reactions. So look, the data sheet, we don't know a huge amount. Um, they, they released a video a couple days ago. They gave some more They said, look, all the data sheets have already been rewritten. This is index 40K, but it's not like baseline, right? Yeah. You're going to get that six stratagems, three warlord traits, three relics. You're going to get a a you know a simplified but not simple i don't know we'll see how it goes you're gonna be able to play your army with with full efficacy on day one uh which is a really cool look we've been asking for free rules for a long time free rules free points updates can't really ask for that how are they going to move the codexes forward unknown at this time is the codex going to re-release it you're going to revamp it so um they seem to say they're they're really trying to tighten up the 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 basically the concept of a creep of a rule creep yeah, are these gonna be effective? We'll see. It's really hard <laughs> to to you know move the game and sell things without making people excited about it. And what makes people excited about it? Fancy new rules that do cool stuff. Um, hey, look, we just don't have enough information to to yeah. effectively speculate this point. And I would I would try and keep it ever on the try and keep it you know locked into reality. But look, I'm excited. Uh, look, yeah. if you've never lived through a, an addition change, it's a, it's an exciting time. Because you know, do we know how to play Dark Angels, Bailey? Like as a as a as a community? Yeah, I feel like we've got a lot. Like there's a yeah. lot of people here that know how to play. We'll just we've do we've it we've end. we've basically solved this codex. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right? Just we've solved the codex. Look at those tournament lists are <laughs> now we've solved the codex. Now we get new stuff. Right, we get yep. new rules. They're going to be different. Are they going to be better? Are they going to be worse? Who knows? I have a lot of faith that they're going to be as good, if not better, um, because that seems to be the tack that for, that that they're taking these days. Nothing's really bad, right? Um, 
And if it is, they get lifted up. Look where Necrons and Admech went. Yep. So look, have some faith. All right. Um, stay loyal. It'll be fine. It's his own reward. Plus, you get a freaking Primark, right? They're not going to put a crap rule set around a Primark. Yeah, exactly. come on. <laughs> like, uh, trust the trust the trust the system. The one thing I saw that is new that I thought that we can talk with some authority that I find interesting. It was on the ter- they talked about it in the video, and they have it on the the example Termagant uh, data slate or data. Yeah, the data slate, that's what it's called, is mm-hmm. the objective control stat. So we lost initiative, we've gained objective control. Uh, and so basically, I'm assuming it's per model, it has a control value yeah. of two. So it's, so we're getting rid of objective secured, and we're going to this objective control value on, on models. And then the other thing right next to it I thought was interesting is the leadership stat. Did you see that it's an eight plus? It's no longer a like a hard yeah, number. That's it's a good got point. A plus. So that so something's things, happening with leadership. One of the things he said was that um, morale, they're probably going to go back to a like a fifth edition style morale, where instead of just you lose models to battle shock, um, it will change your ability to interact with the game. Like one of the things that happened, so in, in older editions, right, pre-eighth edition, yeah. um, when you fail the morale check, the, the unit had to physically fall back, right? They had to move mm-hmm. towards your board edge. And uh, they, and then you had to make a regroup test, right? And you couldn't regroup unless you're above half strength, right? And there, it was a fairly complicated thing yep. to do. There's a lot of rules surrounding it, and so they, when they simplified everything with Eighth Edition, they, they got rid of a lot of it. Um, but it it meant more than just I lose some models, right? Yep. And it had a, a, a different tactical impact on the battlefield. Um, and they're they're talking about things like, hey, maybe we'll be able to do actions or control objectives more. Maybe your OC value goes to zero. If you fail the morale check, yeah, right, I could see that. Um, so, so something other than I lose some models, they go sit in the corner of the board. If they hold an objective, they don't do anything anymore. That, that's not that's not how battle shock works, right? That's not how yeah. a unit with shit with broken morale, right, interacts with their command. So, it could um, be like a, the old pinning checks or being the pin mm-hmm. status where you just didn't do operate efficiently. Yeah, you like, can't move, you can't shoot, you can't do anything that turn if you're pinned. Yeah. Yeah. So the, they, they do seem once again they're bringing back uh universal special rules, right? They're factoring out all that stuff. So they're they're moving kind of seems towards the back towards fifth edition. Um hopefully not all the way. There's some great yeah. stuff about fifth edition. There's also stuff I didn't like about it. But fifth edition was honestly a really good rule set. I like it. I like ninth better. I really I really, really do, which is controversial in some circles. But um anyway, is what it is. Well, and then I also like the idea that there's a reaction system like what we saw in 3rd edition Sigmar supposedly coming in. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at that, Heath, but there's things like in your opponent's shooting phase, uh, you can they, make a move. They said like that's what move. they said that's what most of the uh, they said that's what most of the strats are going to be is reaction because yeah. they're trying to make it so you don't just like walk away during the movement phase and go get a beer, right? Um, so they're trying to make it so it's more of a instead of I go you go will be less it's fun we if go. They do that. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your beer, dude. Like that's what your display board is for. Uh, somebody so. made a corn dis- mountain display for their team event, and they had a red fruit punch that I'm assuming had alcohol in it, like fondue fountain coming out the top of it, like a volcano. I saw a guy yeah, at Nova who had a, a Tau display board, which had like a t- like a, a tank and with a with a a pump. And a little little you know pipe coming off of it, and you put a shot glass on a switch, and it pumped you know what I assume was vodka or something into your into your That's shot glass. Cool. It was pretty. It was pretty legit. Um, 
All right, you want to move on to uh, the monthly challenge? Unfortunately, yes, uh, but we just don't have the information on intent to talk about it other than it came out, it's exciting, uh, and I think yeah. they are going to do There's also some stuff they've said about terrain that I'm really excited for, like new terrain features, like we're going to get new models, and hmm, there's tiers, okay. like, and they've already told us there's combat patrol tier, like where supposedly there's like another version of the game where things are balanced, where you just go by the compact patrol box and you just play 40 K that way. Uh, so I'm, and I'm assuming there's terrain that fits in with the terrain tiered terrain feature they were talking about uh, previously. So that's my last comment on that. We're going to talk about the monthly yeah. challenge, but we're going to still talk about Adepticon because Neil Hollis with his master Lazarus has won not only a golden demon for 40 K singles miniature, but he won the Slayer sword for the entire event for his model. So congratulations. The first Legion has taken not just the golden demon, but the Slayer sword at Adepticon this year. It is a beautiful Amazing. model. Holy God. It's a great looking model. It's great. It's great. <laughs> so good job, sir. Well done. That's beautiful. So hobby hobby challenge. So back here, if you saw it hiding behind me this entire time, I don't know how I got this guy done. Oh, I do because I decided to paint him like classic because he's a relic contemptor. Potentially I painted him mm -hmm. black. Uh, so I didn't have to try very hard to paint him because he's already primed black. So just do a little bit of the gold work, you know, do a little bit of the metal work, do the base. He's done. He's magnetized. Uh, nice. So I can swap out the arms. I'm doing the same thing. All the other dreadnoughts. Uh, I got a second contemptor I'm working on. Uh, I started painting on the Leviathan when I got home from Adepticon the other day because I was just like, you know what? I got nothing else to do. I'm just going to keep hobbying. Um, I still have this Spartan over here. I've, accident oh, I've accidentally scrubbed some of the detail off trying to take the primer off. Uh, mm. I think I talked about that last month. He's just sitting right. over here chilling. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I got. I got my Contemptor done like as agreed. Uh, Heath, I think we know where this I... is going. I uh, I yield the floor to you, sir. No, I, <laughs> I, um, so I, I I tried. I started trying to finish my Redemptor. Uh, something went wrong with my airbrush, and it spat. Just it didn't come out as a as a as a Ew. spray. It it spattered all over the model. I got really disheartened, and uh, just didn't want to deal with it anymore. Um, so I'll get around to it. I've got I've got Monday off because uh, I'm doing Kawhi con demos all weekend. Um, so maybe I'll try again then, but, uh, yeah. So, and I, I, I traveled for work for, a, for a week. Um, I thought about bringing models with me to paint and I was like, ah, no, I'm going with some coworkers. They'll probably want to hang out. And then we got snowed in one day and I could have you know, just sat in my hotel room in New York watching YouTube <laughs> videos all day. But, uh, anyway, so yeah, those are all, you know, excuses, not reasons. I had time to do it. I just didn't, I had other stuff to do. So, uh, yep. So What's for next? next month, <laughs> for next month, since you have some, I wrote this in the notes without knowing you had them because I have mine, but right now they're in. Oh, okay. I took them to Adepticon. I was going to work on them. Didn't they ended up in my buddy's car and he took them home and they didn't come home with me. But I also have a Desolation Squad. You apparently have a De do Desolation Squad. And apparently they are the most meta thing in the world right now. So let's do some Desolation Squads in honor of Manny Chima, Alex Harrison, um, and the other two guys whose names are I'm missing out on that that top four mostly that event. mostly Manny Chima because he's the one playing yes. with Dark Angels exactly everybody else played Iron Hands and Space yeah. Wolves you gross we need to be playing <laughs> so, was it from uh, Shit's Creek you David that's that's what that was so Desolation Squads for next month community Desolation interactions Squads are the goal 
So brother uh, Wesley says, Hey guys, is this episode coming to Apple podcasts? I checked and see it listed there. A great time to be a dark angel of the show. Uh, I responded to this and the answer is I got the video uploaded. Uh, I got it done right before I went to Adepticon, got it uploaded, sent it to ETH. Heath approved it. I posted it and I was at Adepticon and never made the audio file. The audio file has now been made and it is up online for last month's episode. And I'm going to do it for this month's episode so I can try and do the simultaneous release like I normally do. But because of Adepticon, I forgot to do it last yeah. month. So sorry about that. We'll get it there. Um, Alan Percival came in hot firing uh he listened to uh so he was talking about listening to uh my battle report about the orcs at, at tier one uh where basically the guy forgot about what dark angels did and he was, I was asking like do you not have the pre-game talk it's common in the uk where you give a brief summary have you played dark angels before these these guys have transhuman these are my gotchas things like that uh Yes, the, that is something that happens in the United States. Uh, that happened a lot at Adepticon because there was some stuff I hadn't seen before we were talking about. Uh, but yep. in that particular game, Ted and I both play a lot. Like I'd seen Ted playing just kind of at game stores around Indianapolis. I was out getting things. Uh, and it was just one of those moments where we just kind of were chumming around, kind of thought we knew what the other guy was doing. And it just had one of those moments where, oh, I guess we don't know what we're doing. And... Uh, it happened, but for the most part, yes, there is the, it is common courtesy to bring up, uh, what people are doing, you know, what everything does going through your list. Uh, it's just, sometimes people don't want to do that when they're on the clock, but it, it is, it is good courtesy to have. It's good practice. Yep. We just not participate. Sometimes you can make assumptions. Um, yep. and I mean, Hey, like I said, if you play a guy all the time, or if you say like, Hey, do you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay. Like, I mean, so uh, I generally I do, do that. that. Hey, how do you know much you know about Dark Angels? Just so you know, these guys have transhuman, right? And if I'm in a movement, I see the guy moving. I'm like, oh, hey, just remember, these guys have transhuman. Or yeah. this character, mostly it's the characters. People don't realize that the characters have it. Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah. okay. All right. Uh, yep. It's kind of like the Thousand Suns magic phase. I don't need you to explain your warp points. Just do your thing and tell me what models to pick mm -hmm. up. That's <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, next, Alan brought up, uh, speaking of Machima, he's talking about that 701 Southampton list uh, where he lost to uh, Imperial Guard, it sounds like, and it was some, and he misplayed something, and now it says he's going to Manchester this weekend, taking a bunch of Desolation Marines. Uh, I think we covered and he that. Won. And he won. won. Uh, the, there was some discussion again on the uh, Thunderhammer Storm Shield uh, Cyclone Missile Launcher. Uh, there's, Alan says there's nothing in the FAQs. It's just sort of what we were talking about with the swapping, the bullet point. There is, it's the, the thing I was referencing to was the swapping, the bullet point swapping for bullet points, feeding back into bullet points. Yeah. Um, and so Alan, Alan seems to be bullets. on the, on the side yeah. of, of, you know, being able to take the, the cyclones. I mean, look at the list we talked about today. That definitely seems to be the consensus. Um, so look, it's happening at super majors and everyone's cool with it. So they're they're top tabling. Uh, it, it seems it seems look, um, de facto, right? You know, by by force of fact, right? It's happening. No one's stopping it. So, you know, as opposed to like de jour, it's specifically called out as being acceptable. It's a gray area. It looks like it's okay. No one's stopping it. Therefore, it's okay, right? Um, so there you go. Once again, if someone has a specific issue with it, talk to the talk to the CEO. But I think I think it's most likely at least ninety five percent settled. 
And then, of course, the best way to end a comment series string is with the final comment of my ever prolific <laughs> comments. Another really good episode. You guys really do take some of the off wall lists, and it's really interesting to hear that perspective and hearing that detail of the games. And yes, don't worry about being wrong. I got Ezekiel's denial thing wrong, and I ref Super Majors, which let me watch some amazing games, including some of Manny's games. So, ah, Alan, small world. We're, we're you know, the six degree thing, we're within a couple degrees of Manny here with yeah. Alan. Uh, we're all fallible. Uh, he says he's going to stick with his Deathwing, but despite all of the buffs, it's rough. Uh, did not do well at a recent GT, uh, and he has his excuses. So we'll wonder what those are. We'll have to get out and talk about it. Uh, mixed wing are definitely the better choice currently, but it's not my style. See, and that's the best part about Dark Angels. There's there's distinct styles. Players have that's distinct slow. styles, and it's and it's all within the wheelhouse of dark angels. I'm sure there's going to be people that once the line comes out, they'll play a couple games and be like, bro, he's too many points, not worth it. And they will never put him on the board. And there will be people that are like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I just put him in my list, put whatever else that's I want me. in there. And I win. Yeah. So <laughs> like, this is, yeah. this is all going to be the style going forward. Yeah, and yes, and always happy to come back on not long until the data slate, whatever. And the nerfs. And so you, Yes, he, Alan. Alan has also come across that. That yeah, we're it's it's been three months. It's time for the data slate. Things are going to change massively, or uh, potentially, they just or not. let it ride, or just let it ride yeah. until tenth edition. Hey, just so you know, um, when I was in Warhammer World back in November, October, October, I played a game two tables down from uh, from Manny. He was there Amazing. the same day. Yep. Amazing. So, <clears throat> all right, I think that kills it. All right, under well, an hour and a half, so we're doing good. <laughs> yeah, we 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 knew we were on it today. We knew the assignment. Uh, yep. So thank you all for listening to this month's episode of the Path to Redemption, the Warhammer Forty Thousand Dark Angels podcast. Our next episode will come out in May, and it'll be the April episode. Uh, so please subscribe, like, and comment below if you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us on your or listening to us on your preferred podcasting service like Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, we'd like to thank Purple Planet for the use of their music. Until next time, I'm Bailey from Nicholas Wargaming. This is Heath from Team Table or Hawaii. The, the line, line is, is coming. coming. Oh. And he who followed on his heels was named Death. 